You're gonna need a bigger boat. A day! What a lovely day! I'm having an old friend for dinner. You are a toy! She wouldn't even have a fly. You can't handle the truth! I'll be back. English motherfucker, do you speak it? Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. And welcome to episode three of Cinematic Blind Spots. With your host, I'm Josh. And I'm Adam. And today we will be reviewing a film from 2008, starring Ricky Gervais, Taylor Leone, and Greg Kinnear. This is Ghost Town. And Adam, this probably isn't the question that you had leaving, but this is the question this left me with. Have you ever seen a mummy's dick? No, I have not seen a mummy's dick. Um, I did go to the Field Museum in Chicago one time when they had a big mummy um, uh, a display, but no mummy dicks were on display. Or if they were, they were in big jars. And we I was just saying, them. maybe they were in they, a big gold They jar. might have been there, we just didn't know that they were there. Yes, this, this is definitely a blind spot movie <laughs> for you. I mean, you're a big horror movie fan, so of course the first chance I get, I'm going to make you watch a romantic comedy. But it had Ghost in the title. Yeah, it had Ghost in the title. That's about as horror-filled as it gets. <laughs> yeah i don't know because you have some characters in here that even though i guess they're not technically horror but i definitely did not like oh really yes well yeah i mean the, the, that's the, that's the weird thing is the main character of this movie is such an asshole he is so difficult to like for like the first three quarters of the movie yeah can you imagine that having a dentist who has to deal with people on a daily basis who doesn't like people? Yeah, that'd be like being a therapist who doesn't like people. <laughs> or, you know, well, I would say being um, like a, a drive-through, a fast food clerk who doesn't like people. But, but they don't like people. They don't like they don't like people. I wouldn't like them. I wouldn't like people either if I were them. So, yeah, this movie came out in 2008. It has a Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 85%. Wow. And a 60% from the audience. So, this movie was a critical success. It was written and directed by David Kep. I, I think it's Kep. Kep. Okay, um, we're gonna say Kep, but it's spelled K-O-E-P-P. Um, who most recently directed Mordecai? That um, I think Watch Mojo said that was the worst movie of 2015. I was gonna say another blind spot. Another, another Don't blind know that spot. One. I remember seeing the trailers for it and thinking, oh, that might be funny. But once the once the reviews started coming, I'm like, no, no. I no, don't no. even remember the trailer for that. I remember the trailer for this movie. You remember? You remember the trailer for? Ghost I do Town? remember this movie coming okay. out. Yeah, I remember seeing the trailer for this one in the theaters. I forget what I was going to see when they showed it, but I never actually saw it after that. I never remembered hearing anything about it. Um, but. David Kep, while he is not... I mean, he did direct Secret Window and Stir of Echoes. Um, oh, really? Yeah, he just yeah he directed Stir of Echoes. And Secret Window. And okay. Secret Window. Um, he was one of the writers on Jurassic Park, uh, the original Sam wow. Raimi Spider-Man, as well as Mission Impossible 1. This movie cost $20 million to make. Which I did not see. You did not see I that? I didn't see that well that is that is according to box office mojo so no i mean i found that information oh okay i just did not see, see that, that in the taking movie. 20 million to make like i guess the scenes with the ghost being yeah like cars. there was probably there was yeah there was cg and Maybe stuff being in a new lot york of, yeah being in new york probably cost because a lot because other than that i did not see that much money in this movie mm-hmm. 
Well, it made $13,367,624 domestic and $13,706,868 um, overseas. International. international. So I guess technically it was a success? Well, I mean, supposedly no. That's twenty. It's a little over $27 million total. Mm-hmm. And they say if you don't double, sometimes triple your budget, you're not a success. Really? So I don't, I don't know. But so, I don't know. I'm not well, a guru. Yeah. So I'm not sure. It did make over its budget, but then mm-hmm. I don't think they ever include marketing in those. Maybe not. But I mean, like you said, you saw the trailer once. I think I only saw the trailer once or twice mm-hmm. on TV. They didn't put a whole lot of marketing in it, I don't think. I didn't see this movie until one day a friend, I was at my sister's place and one of her friends was like, oh, we should watch this. We were talking about British comedies. You know, stuff with like, you know, Simon Pegg and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, we should watch this one. It's called Ghost Town. And I mean, I think I remember hearing about that one. So we all sat down and watched it. Yeah, like I've always, I've been familiar with the name Ricky Gervais for mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. Because he created the original Office. The and original I watched Office, yeah. The American version. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I've ever seen anything with him in it. I know he's hosted some award shows. Yeah, and he's pissed people off when doing yeah. that. But still got invited, still got got invited, invited back, back. Yeah, Because it got good ratings. Mm-hmm. Um... I think this is the only movie I've actually seen him in. I think I've heard his voice in a few things. I know I heard his voice in an episode of BoJack Horseman. Um, okay. I want to say he was in one of the Muppet live-action movies. Yes, he and was. And I did see that. That was it. He was in Muppets Most, Most Wanted. Wanted. Okay. That movie was terrible. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't enjoy oh it. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, Jim Henson, wherever you are. That was... <laughs> we, we will do better, I promise. <laughs> so... <clears throat> I don't know. Are you big into any kind of romantic comedies? Is it? It's. I mean, there are some. I definitely, I guess, would lean towards the R-rated ones, like yeah. the Knocked Up, the Seth the Rogen up, types. Yeah, those, yeah, the the Seth Rogen type R-rated comedy or um, I'm sure romantic there, comedies. There are some that I don't mind. That's not coming to my mind right mm-hmm. now. I'm not positive. Yeah, I can't think of a whole lot. I, I mean, I like the original Legally Blonde, which I guess could be a romantic comedy. Although it's not mainly about romance. Did it um, make you want a hot dog real bad? No. Was that Legally Blonde? I or was that the second one? That might have been the second one. I think I'm not as familiar with the second one as I am the first one. I'm not familiar with either one of them, but I know that line's in it from uh, Stifler's mom from American Pie. Oh. Yeah. Jennifer Coolidge. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, this movie starts with quite a bit of a misdirect. Yeah, first of all, we meet... Greg Kinnear's character. Greg Kinnear's character. Frank. Frank. Mm-hmm. So he's getting a phone call from his wife, wanting to know about some property he bought. Uh, uh, yeah. I, uh, and uh, he's uh, saying no. Yeah, yeah, that's what I couldn't remember. It was an apartment. apartment. Mm-hmm. Being in New York, that makes sense. Yes. So he's getting this call, and he's like, no, no. And then finally he tells her that it was supposed to be an anniversary gift. Mm-hmm. And then he immediately gets off the phone and calls his realtor and says, you were not supposed to tell my wife. You were supposed to tell my girlfriend, Amber. Mm-hmm. I love that line where he, he, he like, completely deadpan. He, he, he asks him, he says, hey, tell me something. Are you a real, are you a realtor or a professional fucking idiot? See, I actually, I, I get the line, but at this point he's already shown that he's cheating on his wife, so mm-hmm. I already don't like him. Mm-hmm. I know going in, this is a PG-13 movie, you're going to get your one F-bomb and that's going to be it. And they drop it right at the beginning. And mm-hmm. I think I actually would have liked it used later on. Probably from the female lead against Pincus. Mm-hmm. That would have that, that would have been very... Yeah, but, well, but we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We, yes. So, he 
is on the phone yelling at his realtor because his realtor basically just exposed the fact that he was buying a little love nest for his side chick. Yes. Um, He's walking down the street, talking on the phone. He's distracted. Then in you New go York. into the apartment, and this this couple, they're putting in a new air conditioning window unit. Mm-hmm. So you know something's... Okay, you're like, okay, are they going to play into this, or is this going to be something else? Mm-hmm. So they're putting this in. Keeps coming back to him on the street. He's distracted, talking on the phone. Still doing that today. Wouldn't be surprising. Yeah. So they go to put this window unit in, and it falls out the window. And you're and like, this is oh. like a tenth floor win- a window, yeah. or something yes. high up there. So you're like, okay, here comes our first ghost. Here comes our first death. But he he steps back, gets out of the way, and he's he's he's. Yelling to the realtor, whoa, you never believe what just happened. And then all of a sudden, a bus flies by and smashes it. And you just see his coat floating this, in this the air. Float, coat just floating in the air. But what? then he steps back into the picture. Yes, he steps back in the picture. And then people start stepping through him. And he realizes that people are going to look at his dead body on the ground. And weird fact about this movie, I don't know whose idea this was, but anytime you walk through a ghost, you sneeze. <laughs> don't know why, but obviously it plays in, in later give it a little times. tickle. Yeah, I, maybe. I don't know. So after that, he, and he's left there. And, and by the way, he's wearing a tuxedo, like a really nice tuxedo. He's got his, he has his Blackberry in his hand. And he's looking there going, oh, no, I can't. No, not like this. Not now. No. So now he's a ghost. Yes. And then we get an oddly, oddly satisfying opening credit sequence that's a bunch of shots of like dental tools (laughs) along with uh, being played over or uh, the the song i'm looking through you by the beatles is being played it's just (laughs) an oddly oddly satisfying kind of fun little opening credit sequence yeah (laughs) and this is where we meet our main character pincus bertram pincus i didn't catch his first name i think bertram yeah um, like the most British name you've right. ever heard, Bertram <laughs> Pincus. And he is a dentist. We know that about him. And we soon learn he is an asshole. He's he, not a people person. He's not a people person And his all. patient at this time talks nonstop, though. Yeah, she's like, talking, that would be annoying. That would be annoying. She's he, talking about going to see some Broadway play, and she's like, oh my gosh, it's like, you, you forget you're watching a play. It's so amazing. Just the first scene. He's putting the... The gauze in her mouth. Yeah, the gauze yeah. in her mouth, stuff in her mouth. She's still trying to talk and mm-hmm. talk and talk. I mm-hmm. can see that being annoying. I could. But you can also see that he doesn't like people, even in general. Like, they set it up with this girl who talks too much. Mm-hmm. But it also shows that he, you can tell he just doesn't like talking to people. Yeah, like, um, um, it, and you, you see his co-worker... Um, his, his fellow doctor saying, "Oh well, uh, well, there's some there's some cake in the uh, in the in the we're having some cake over here to celebrate my my daughter, uh, have a little girl." And and he literally looks at the guy. Pincus literally looks at him with this look on his face, like, "Why? What, what, why would I go? Why to would that? I go to that? Why would I care?" Um, and then he like, he and he's like, "Start without me, please. Start without me." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, I thought I was antisocial, but holy hell, this guy is like walking, and he's living in New York City of all places, which is like the worst place to live if you don't like people. Yes, which they talk about that later they on. They do talk about that a little bit later on. But he's yeah. also in a profession where you deal with people on a daily basis, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
and he is trying to get back to his apartment and just dodging people. No, there's a guy handing out like save the rainforest flyers and just all this stuff. And he's just dodging people like he's on a football field right, or something, yeah. like a quarterback. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, finally gets back to his little apartment, which is, I think it's a cool apartment. That's why I do like his apartment. I think it's pretty cool. Um, but obviously he lives alone and he is sitting there with these three bottles of medical grade laxative <laughs> sitting there on his counter and he has to drink all three of these. Has he already done the elevator scene where he doesn't let her on? Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened. He was um, he was in the elevator of his building and we see this woman with this big box who is like trying to, he's like, hold the elevator, hold the elevator. And he's like, oh, okay, holding, I'm As holding. As he's hitting the door As he's close. hitting the door close button, yeah. Um, he's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry, I missed you. And, and the woman outside is like, are you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, now he is alone in his apartment being forced to choke down this, this stuff, this laxative, because we find out he is going in for a colonoscopy. Fun stuff. Well, we also get to meet her, his surgeon. His surgeon, who is played by... A pre-bridesmaid's Kristen Wiig. Pre-bridesmaid's Kristen Wiig, yes. As his uh, as his surgeon. And she is... Well, she, she is Kristen Wiig. She's just funny as all get out. Yes. I, I love Kristen Wiig. Um, and it was while we find out that he uh, he wants to use anesthesia for this procedure. Yes, and they're, wants, they're recommending against it. Yeah, they're recommending against anesthesia. There's there's Kristen Wiig, the surgeon. There's his anesthesiologist. And there's some a third nurse or doctor there with him and and they're 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 all just talking amongst themselves they're not even talking about what what they're about to be doing and bertram actually has to go excuse me you babbling idiots can we talk about my bowels (laughs) um and and, uh when he finds out that this young kid this young guy standing next to him is like looks like he's on a he actually looks and he's like are you on a school field trip you're my anesthesiologist (laughs) so um yeah, but they're like, yeah, you, you requested a general anesthesia? That's not something we usually do for this. And he's like, no, I don't want to be awake when you when you start to go, when you go in where you go in. He's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't blame him. I don't think I'd want to be awake for that either. I'd want to be as, as knocked out as possible. Um, so this is all within like the first 15 minutes of the movie. Oh, easily, yes. Easily. And as he is being wheeled out of the hospital... After his colonoscopy is done, he's walking out the front gates. Well, first he mentions to the nurse before he actually oh, gets yes, on the yes. elevator. He mentions, who were those people in my room last night? Yeah, and, she tells and she's him, like, I don't know no, who you're talking no about. There. there was nobody in there. Uh, he's like, there were all those people in there. Yeah, no, there, there was nobody in there. So he gets outside. He walks out the front door or the front gates, and there are a bunch of nurses standing around smoking. smoking. And he's like, oh, lovely medical professionals, and. To the right, we see this woman dressed as a nurse, but like from World War II. And he looks at her and says something to her, and she her, her eyes just pop wide open. She's like, are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? And, and, and he's like, oh, wonderful. I've picked a crazy. And he, <laughs> Did you catch who that was? Well, I did not catch it until you told me recently, just, just a little while ago. Um, Betty Gilpin. Betty Gilpin. From Glow. From Glow, yeah. I, Which apparently she also, because this is a show you might know her from, was in Nurse Jackie playing a nurse. Really? That's I think, I'm pretty sure I read that. And 
I didn't watch that show, so I'm not familiar with it. I think now that you mention it, I think I do remember her and the character she played. But definitely on Glow, she plays Debbie Egan, mm-hmm. the one who was the soap opera star, who's mm-hmm. like the Miss America type yeah. female wrestler. Um, yeah, but the, she just has this one little part in this movie as the World War II nurse. Um, and then as he, he continues walking down the street... More and more, more ghosts yes. start to notice him. Like, this guy starts coming across the street. It's Alan Ruck. It's Alan Ruck. Of, Cameron of, from Ferris Bueller. From Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Who do you love? You love a car. Yeah. It was so funny. It was like, the first one was like, that guy, that's, is, that the, is that the guy from Ferris Bueller? But he's walking in the street, and Pincus is yelling at him, get out of the way, get out of the way. As this van going down the street just runs right, right through, through him. him. And he comes walking out the other side. <laughs> and and that's when he was like, yeah, yeah, you can see me, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, our poor Bertram thinks he is losing his mind because now he's seeing people. Um, I, I love the fact that you call him Bertram because I, I go with Pincus because we'll get here in a minute. As we, yeah. What Frank calls him. What Frank that, calls him. That does make it more memorable, but I don't know. Just just the name Bertram. That that name is so fitting of such a pissy little character. I mean, I mean it. Um, so, yeah. So, now he is obviously... He thinks he is hallucinating. He thinks he's seeing things that aren't really there. But these ghosts, these people that have not been seen for God knows how long. I mean, I, I just had this thought of like, you know, if... You know, because supposedly ghosts have to stick around until their unfinished business has been taken care of. But, like, what happens if you can't finish your unfinished business? Let's say your unfinished business was with someone and that person dies. Does that mean you're just going to wander the earth as a ghost forever? Well, I wonder, because if that person dies, then their business is finished as well. So Uh, maybe maybe it does take care of that. Maybe maybe that exits each other out. Maybe it does. Um, Other than that, I think you end up just... Wandering around for a while. That would suck. And like, and I, and I, I actually wrote this note. New York City would be the worst place to be a ghost. Yes, that'd be the worst <laughs> possible place because there's like all these great restaurants that you can't eat at, and all these, you know, just, just all this stuff everywhere, and you can't. I mean, you're just kind of like nothing. Can't, can't <laughs> do anything. That would drive me crazy. Um. So. I'm trying to remember which scene. If, if, I think it was just after that where he goes back to the hospital. Is it right after that? I think it's right after that. He doesn't that. go home yet? No, he doesn't go home yet. the elevator full of people? No, no, okay. no. Okay. He, um, he goes back to the hospital, is talking with his surgeon, talking about these hallucinations he's been having, and... They're dancing they're around They're dancing the around the fact that like, something like, went wrong during his colonoscopy there's this one great little part where like every time he starts to talk Kristen Wiig would just mumble something Which and is something she's great at something she's great at and, and it's like and, and, and it just goes on for a few seconds but it's really funny uh, until he's finally like what are what is going on what ha- did something happen and she she like takes him into this little side room and they're just kind of sitting there for a second and all the, and she she makes a phone call and she's like yeah that that thing we talked about, yeah, it's back. <laughs> He's like, what was that? What, what thing are you talking about? So they're sitting in this little side room, and all of a sudden this huge guy, this huge black guy in a suit comes in. And um, I have not seen this guy in anything else, but he did the voice of the alligator Lewis from The Princess and the Frog, Michael Leon Woolley. Did you ever see Princess and I the Frog? I have not. That was, oh, that was such a good movie. It's like a throwback to all the great Disney movies of my childhood. But, and what was so funny was like, I could, like, before I even heard him speak, something about the way this guy looked, I'm like, he looks like Lewis. And I was right. Wow. So I, don't, I don't even know. It's like, but, and, and, and then once I heard his voice, I'm like, yeah, that is him. 
Um, so that's when we find out that during his colonoscopy, he actually died for seven minutes. Seven minutes in heaven. Seven minutes in <laughs> Oh, God, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> nah, that was my note that on it. Your note, seven minutes in heaven. Well, I don't know if this guy would have gone to heaven or not. But <laughs> he might have woke up going, man, it was hot. What just happened? <laughs> um, so, yeah, he died during his colonoscopy, and now... He sees dead people. Well, what's funny about that is then the uh, Kristen Wiig tells him, don't worry, we took care of the problem. The anesthesiologist has been fired after a very strict three-strike three poli- three policy. policy. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I laughed so hard. The person was like, my anesthesiologist had two strikes. <laughs> yes. I, that, was, that was a great line. We have a very strict three-strike policy at this hospital. And then she's like, Everybody dies. And he looks at her and says, yes, but usually just just the once at the end of their life. Um, so now he is literally dodging ghosts as he is going back to his apartment. And that is where he meets Greg Kinnear's ghost. Who I think he said he'd been he'd been dead for like a year and a half at that point. It's, or a, year, it's a year. A year. Oh, just a year. I, which okay. I didn't actually catch that he said a year right there so i'm glad you brought that up okay because they say it later on and that's when i was like oh now i get the time yeah because i missed that part yeah yeah they they don't make it very clear as to um how long it has been since his character died in the beginning of the movie um so he is trying to figure out greg kinnear's character frank is trying to figure out what his unfinished business is so he can pass on to the afterlife and because he sees Pincus pass by all these people, and he realizes that he's seeing ghosts, and mm-hmm. they're annoying him, and he mm-hmm. wants to get away. Yeah. And uh, so he's like, hey, if you help me, I'll get all these ghosts to leave you alone. And Pincus is fine. eventually is like, fine, whatever. So they go to this bar, and where um, Frank reveals that he wants... Pincus to break to get him to get his wife his ex-wife now to break up with her current boyfriend um because he feels like the current boyfriend is a schmuck i think his name was richard yes richard Richard. um he's like he's a bad guy he's trying to rob her blind he's just he's just a bad guy and because he was a saint because yeah because he was a saint that's right because he was a saint um and this is one of the one of the parts of this one of my favorite lines of this is like Frank's ghost gets out his Blackberry and starts in punching buttons and so and and uh, and I'm and I'm sitting there thinking, what do you have cell reception in the in the afterlife? And and Birch and Pincus looks at him and is like, well, you get to take your Blackberry with you. He's like, yeah, well, I guess you just have whatever you know. He says, um, no, he looks at he, Pincus looks at him and says, were you a maitre d? Hey, yeah, were you a maitre d? He's like, I'm going to ignore that. He says, he says, you die in whatever you were wearing, whatever you're wearing when you die, that's what you wear. Yeah. And I kid you not, as soon as he said that, my friend that I was watching this with for the first time went, what happens if you die naked? <laughs> <laughs> Which we find out later on in the movie. Um, but he's like, no, I downloaded, says something about, good, good thing I downloaded Tetris before I died. <laughs> like, that would suck so bad to be stuck wandering, t- wandering New York City with nothing to console you but Tetris. <laughs> I mean, you could get really good at Tetris in that amount of time. Um... And uh, one thing I, I didn't think of, like, if I was Pincus and I was 
constantly talking to someone that no one else could see. I would like walk around with my phone held up to my ear like I was on like I was on the phone with somebody just to keep from looking like a complete psychopath. Um, so, what well, sorry. I was going to say when does he go home and get the elevator full of ghosts? I think that's after the bar scene. Okay. After the bar. Or no, it was no, it was even um okay, it was after the bar he goes home, goes to sleep. And while he's asleep in bed at night, alone in his apartment, you see this pair of feet and this pair of hairy legs walking into his bedroom. And it's this naked guy. That's, that is what he is credited as in the movie, is naked guy. You look him up on IMDb, he's naked guy. And at first all you see is him, but then you see the camera pull back and there's a ton of ghosts in his room and they're all like <clears throat> trying to trying to get to wake up and when he finally wakes up he sees all these people and the naked guy just goes is this a bad time <laughs> yeah. is this a bad time so he's leaving his apartment now that's when he that's when he opens the elevator and there's a ton of ghosts in there because did you, one of the ghosts is who i wanted to point out mm-hmm. it is i do not know how to say her name deny Guiri. She's most famous, at least for me, for playing Michonne on The Walking Dead. But she's now in the Marvel Universe in Black Panther, the bald-headed yes. one. Okay, yes, I did see her, and okay. I did look her up. And I went, oh, yeah, it's her from Black Panther. She was, um, oh, damn it, what was her name? It's, I, for, I forget her name, but she was the, um, she was like the general of, um, of the, um. Oh, yeah, I don't Wakandan, know Wakandan army, um. So yeah, I did notice her, okay. and I did look her up. I was like, yeah, she looks familiar. Um, so Frank, being the asshole that he is, has told all the ghosts where Pincus lives to get them to all go to his apartment at like 3 and 4 in the morning or something. Um, it was like really early. Yes. And <laughs> so now this is where we find out why Pincus... One of the reasons he became a dentist, which doesn't always work out, but he's like, I don't like talking to people. I don't like hearing... He said, I don't care what they thought about spam a lot. He's like, I just like the quiet. I like it when all of my patients have mouths full of gauze and they can't speak. Like, you have to be mega antisocial to make an entire career choice out of the prospect of not being able to talk to people. Um, so he finally accepts the charge to break up Taya Leone and her boyfriend. And the only way he can think to introduce himself well, is... Well, before that, before we... You're about to get to where we meet her officially. Mm-hmm. Before that, remember, he goes to get the cab. She's trying to get the cab. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she was she was the woman he shut out of the, el- the elevator, elevator earlier. And then he steals her cab from her. But we don't the, know it's her at this Well, point. yeah, we haven't really... We haven't really seen her up close yet. Um, we've just kind of seen her at a distance, you know, through through rain and stuff like that. But now he, he goes to finally meet her, and she is giving a lecture at a museum about this mummy that she has... That she's, cause she's Apparently she's an archaeologist. Yes. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, they're watching this. They're watching her do this, and he's, of course... Frank is still trying to talk to him and Pincus is trying to look like he's not crazy by not responding to him. And this was where Frank calls him pink ass the first time. <laughs> he's like, hey, pink ass. He's, he's, he calls him pink ass. 
And he calls him that the rest of the movie. He calls him that for the rest of the movie. And I love it. Yes. Um, (laughs) And she's... Weird weird plot point. She's talking about this mummy they found and they're trying to figure out how he died. They're trying to figure out what killed him, what he died of. And he... um, Pincus goes up to talk to her afterwards and um, he, he starts... I mean, he recognizes her. And he's, she recognizes she him. She recognizes him because he starts with, I owe you an apology. And she's like, what, for when you slammed the elevator door in my face or for when you stole my cab? Or and, from... and there's like 10 or 11 other things that yeah, apparently well, she, he's done that we she don't. Mentions, um, she mentions uh, someone called the super in our building because someone on 9 was cooking stenchy ethnic food. <laughs> and just... and she's like, it was tacos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I forget how... Um, what, what, what notes have you got? Uh, your that, notes are much better than mine. Okay. Well, I actually didn't get a whole lot of notes for this movie because I've seen it before. I've seen it several times before. I mean, I own it. I let you borrow it. Um, but from here, they set up a meeting to actually take a look at this mummy because he thinks this mummy might have died from gingivitis or something. Um, and... Turns out he was right. So they actually start to kind of get this weird acquaintanceship going together. And this is where at least Pink Ass gets to see the mummy's penis. Yes, while <laughs> they are looking at this, while they're looking at this mummy, she's talking about how they prepared their organs, and <laughs> she, he, she she looks at him like, speaking of organs, you want to see his organ? And he's like, what? Like his dick? You want to see his dick? And she pulls out, she goes to this ornate, this really beautiful, ornate golden urn and opens it up and Pincus looks in and just starts gagging immediately. <laughs> and and he, he makes the funniest gagging noises. He's just like, ugh, 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 ugh. He, he's like, yeah, it's not every day I get to see a shriveled old penis in a jar or something like that. <laughs> and I, these, this point is where I've got to wonder if this was actually written in the script or if this was something he ad-libbed on, on, on the scene. He's like, he looks and he's like, well, at least he died happy. Yeah. And then he, and as they're, as they're stopping, he's like, he must have had huge hands. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so now we are, now we get to meet um, Richard, um, the boyfriend that Frank wants. Fiance. Pink, the fiance. Are, were they, were they, yeah. oh, that's right. She did have a ring. The fiance. Yes. The fiance that Frank wants Pincus to break up or get them to break up. Um, and I didn't realize this the first time I watched it, but Richard is played by Billy Campbell, who for me is Cliff Secord from The Rocketeer. If you've ever seen Disney's The Rocketeer, I have, but it was been years ago. Okay, well, that was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. I absolutely loved it. That was where I discovered a Thompson submachine gun the first time. I was like, it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> but no, I was like, somehow I was able to watch this and not recognize him. But Richard is this philanthropist, um, human rights activist. <laughs> he travels the world and, and you know, just does feed the orphans all this kind of stuff so he's looking at it pinkett's is looking at him going he's really not a bad guy well, why he's actually is he a really good guy. he's actually a really good guy um and there's this great little there's this great little moment between because because it's, it's him it's, it's pinkett's and uh 
Tiona Taylioni. Gwen. Gwen. Thank Gwen. you. I was about to say, I'm gonna drive myself crazy keeping saying that name. I never knew how to pronounce her name until just recently. Um, so it's 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 Pincus and Gwen and Richard and they're all in her apartment having dinner and um, he has to leave the room to take a phone call and somehow they start talking about Chinese people or Chinese names and like how you could how they how they name like people Kwok. Pong. Right. And, and then he's like, and you could name a kid Wang. It's like, you know, all these people named Wang. And uh, that's just that was just like a weird little funny segment in the movie. And what you see me. with this is that she's laughing a she's lot. She's laughing a lot. Which is something apparently she doesn't do with this guy. Yeah, because Richard has like no sense of humor. He's serious all the time. He's asking, he's asking Pincus if he'd like to go do dentist work, dental work in Ethiopia or something. And Pincus is kind of like, oh, well, um... Uh, well, I'd kind of like to go someplace, maybe, uh, like, you know, Paris. I hear the Parisians like to smile a lot. You know, I knew, I hear they need dentists. And Richard's just like... Staring at him. Staring at him. And, and Teal, Teal, uh, uh, Gwen has to be like, he's kidding, sweetie. He's kidding. <laughs> and, and he just goes, oh, okay. So, yeah, this Richard guy, super serious. Got a good heart, but good Lord has no sense of humor. Um... This is one thing I noticed, um, the scene where Ricky Gervais, uh, where, where uh, Pincus is talking to Gwen before they go to the dance, or before before they go to the dance, God, what the hell am I thinking? Um, before they go to dinner, that's what I meant to say. See, it, our, 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 last, yeah. our last movie is carrying over into this movie. <laughs> the last one we talked about is carrying over into this one. Um, um, but, uh. Before that dinner scene, he's kind of standing there, and he's got this creepy, like, little smile on his face, and he, he looks so creepy when he smiles like that. He's trying to be, like, suave and nonchalant, and it just does not work. He just comes out looking really, really creepy. Um, and then one of my personal favorite scenes in the movie, I know this sounds really juvenile, but um, Richard has to leave dinner and go somewhere. And a couple and a, a little a minute a minute ago you heard like a dog sound effect like a dog whimpering he's like oh yeah my puppy can I let my puppy out is it okay and and Pincus is like sure fine the next thing you see he's sitting in a chair with a freaking Great Dane this <laughs> massive Great Dane sitting right there looking at him and he just looks at him and goes so when did you get your horse <laughs> and and she's like oh yeah we got him from a shelter yeah they were gonna put him down and Pincus says and they lost their nerve. <laughs> <laughs> So they take this massive dog outside to let him use the bathroom and he when she it's not like a little tiny little poo bag like if you were, you know, walking a cocker spaniel or something. She's kinda like a freaking Walmart bag, <laughs> grocery bag, and it's just full of dog shit. It's like that, that was a great little visual gag. They're just standing there. At first you can't even see what they're doing. It looks like they're just standing there in the streets at night. And then she loves and then she starts, Oh, Leonard, good boy. And <laughs> maybe that's juvenile of me, but I still think that's funny. Not um, for me. Not I, for I, you. I've been there, done that. Oh so. yeah. Yeah, see, you're a dog person. I'm a cat person, so no, I've never had to go walk an animal just so they could use the bathroom. That's one of my one of the reasons I like cats. So I'm like, yeah, there's a box over there, go use it. Um So this is where my notes kind of trailed off. I like I kinda of like stopped having stuff to take notes of because I knew what was gonna happen next. Oh well there you go. Um Did you have anything? 
Uh, no, not from there. What do you have next? Gets back on track because I just have a little random notes. Okay. Um, so they, so he, so Pincus and Gwen go out for a drink just to talk. And now we find out a little bit more about her marriage to Frank and what right. happened. You know, um, Frank, it, it, he, 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 Pincus does this under the, uh, under the guise of, oh, we can help, uh, we can help kind of ease the ease the memories of your husband by, by remembering some of his negative um, his negative personality traits. Right. And one of the things they do at the bar is Pincus actually orders the drink that that her he, husband, husband always would mm-hmm. drink. Yes. Because earlier when in the bar when he and when he and Frank were talking, Frank was telling him what to order. Yes. Frank told him a few things that his wife would do. Like, um, like, give him a look at, like, like, we'll call him the pirate, call, call him the pirate eye, yes. yeah, give her the pirate eye. That's when she's like, You're full of shit. Yeah. That's like, That's the pirate eye. <laughs> um, and we also learned that Gwen didn't realize Frank was cheating until the day until he died. Until the day he died, like, that's that when she sucks. found out. She found out that he was cheating the day he died, and she says, like, I didn't even get to tell him, like, Hey, you son of a bitch, I want a divorce. Right. You know, she didn't even get that because he died like a minute after she found Well, out. that would have been a good spot for fuck you. Yeah, that would have been a great spot for a fuck you. Um, but there actually wasn't an, another F-bomb in the movie. This, this Even though it's a PG-13, it has two F-bombs. Apparently I missed the second F-bomb. Really? I guess so. Okay, because it was a good one. Um, So through these through these interactions, they actually start to get kind of close, start to become friends. Um, she gets an opportunity to go to Egypt for six months or something to um, to be on some kind of archaeology dig, and she decides to do that. She decides she's going to break things off with Richard, and of course Pincus is happy to hear this. But then when Frank hears it, he's like, "Well, why am I still here? Because he's not he's not moving on. He's right. still a ghost." So obviously she is not over, or his his business is not whatever is not finished. Right. Um, and this is when things start to go a little wrong for Pincus because he starts to get a little ahead of himself. But first, we um, we, we do find out why he is such an asshole. One of the reasons why he's such an asshole. Um, he came from London to Manhattan to Manhattan for a woman named Sarah. Yes, who at The special guest appearance from Siri, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I hope you could hear that. God, I hope that picked that up. Fucking phone. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what I would have said that would have activated her. Oh, well. Sarah. Anyways. When you said Sarah. No, she said she was looking for Sarah. So whatever. My phone's retarded. I'm sorry. Um, or maybe I shouldn't say retarded. My phone is idiotic sometimes. Um, so anyways, we find out that this woman at first he says she died but then he's like well that's that's that would have been more interesting but no she left me he said she um was was always going on business trips and those business trips kept getting longer and longer until she finally just never came back and he said it was because i think did she did sarah say that he was ordinary and boring i think she i think Uh, so okay yeah girlfriend sarah um 
said he was too boring and too ordinary and, and left. Yep. And so now we get at least a little bit of an understanding of why he's such an asshole. Because, yeah, that, that would that would do a number on anybody. But then he kind of starts to get ahead of himself and immediately starts to try to, you know, pursue a relationship with, with this woman, even right. though she's leaving. And he accidentally lets it slip something that that Frank told him about her. And she, she, she immediately starts to get suspicious. Like, right. like... Thinking she, that she knew he knew Frank mm-hmm. before he died. Mm-hmm. He he says she's like, "What did you? Were you like buddies? Did you go drinking at strip clubs and talk about your wives and your girlfriends?" And, and he's trying to 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 make things right. And she you know she she breaks it off. Um, she's like, "I she's like I don't want to see you. Just get away from me. Whatever whatever's wrong with you." So this just kind of sends him back to square one. But this is where this is in this when he says. Ask me something that only Frank would know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He said, because Frank is right there with him. He says, ask me something that only Frank would know. And she says, okay, Frank had this recurring nightmare ever since he was a kid. What was it? And Frank says, I'm drowning. I'm drowning, I'm drowning and I can't I can't get out. And I just, no matter how much I try to swim up, I can't. And this, this reminded me of Ghost, the movie Ghost. Yeah, yeah. But then they throw you a little swerve they throw here. a little swerve. And she's like, that's not oh, it. That's not even that's close. That's not even close. And he looks at Frank and he's like, why did you do that? And Frank, finally, in like his greatest moment of self-realization is like, because you're a selfish son of a bitch. Yeah. And she's already had one of those. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, Frank, learning his lesson. Good for you. Um, which leads him you know, back to where he was in the beginning. Back to just alone and sad and not liking people, not wanting to talk to people. He is, he is, at one scene, he gets to his office first thing before anybody else. He gets to his practice, and he's just laying there in the dentist chair, just staring at the ceiling. And then his, 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 um, his assistant, or his, his, uh, partner, I, I, I guess, um, it's Dr. Pashra, Pashra, something like that. Um, hang on, let me find it. I've seen him in other stuff, but I don't know where. The actor who plays him, I have only seen him in one other thing. Dr. Prashar, that was his name. It, um, the actor's name is Asif Man- Manvi, I think, is how you pronounce it. The only I've only seen him in one other thing, and that was that HBO short series called The, the, called the Brink. It had uh, Jack Black and um, Tim Robbins in it. Oh, no, never heard of that. Yeah, that was a pretty good show. It was like, like a political comedy, basically. That, yeah, that's, I think, the only other thing I've ever seen him in. Uh, well, he was in The Proposal, but I don't really remember that movie. Uh, he's in The mil- Million Dollar Arm. Um, Maybe I saw him in The Proposal. And I just remember... I remembered his face, but I couldn't remember where. He's in Blue Bloods. Um, a series of unfortunate events. He's in the Netflix version of that. Did you see him uh, in that, possibly? Probably. Anyways, probably in both of those. So, Dr. Prashar... Shows up and Pincus is already there, just depressed as hell. And Pincus at first comes up and sounds like he's trying to have a real conversation with him. Like, I met this woman and she was perfect and blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, can you just write me a, a prescription for some painkillers like, or some, some, some Vicodin or something? Yeah. And the guy looks at him and he's like, come, come and sit, sit here. And he sits him down in his chair and he... Lays, lays the chair back. He's like, look up. And what's great is, at first on the ceiling is this 
motivational poster of a kitten holding on to something that says, hang in there. And he's like, oh, that's very nice. But then he's like, no, look at the one right beside it. And it's a quote from Albert Einstein that says, a life not lived for others is a life wasted. Right. And that's really the whole point of this movie is because when, when you're just self-centered and can only think of yourself and only think of your own problems, it drives you crazy. Yeah. Um, and all this time in these movies, these ghosts have been popping up, asking him for help, saying, I need you to do this. Like this one woman said something, oh, the, the letter went under the rug. My daughter never got the letter. And yeah, that woman's name, Marjorie. Marjorie, yes. And she was uh, an actress from the Addams Family movie. Yes, That's where the I Adams recognized Family her from. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, this is one, this Irish, this Irish guy pops up and he's like, hello, he's a dentist. I need you to clip a guy for me. <laughs> There's a gun under the seat of a car in, in Queens. I need you to go, I need you to go shoot this guy for me. Just crazy, crazy shit like that. Well, so after he talks with Dr. Prashar, all these ghosts are in the waiting room. Nobody else can see them but him. So he finally walks out and talks to, starts talking to them and is like, what can I do for you? What can I, how can I help you? And this scene that follows, I am not ashamed to admit, still, I watched this two days ago, still made me tear up. Because what follows is a montage of scenes of him helping these ghosts finish their business, talking with their loved ones. There was this one guy, you know, the first thing he sees, the Marjorie, um, you see him telling his, telling her daughter about the list. She's sitting there reading the letter from her dead mother that's been under this carpet for God knows how long. Right, yeah, we never know. We never know. And then you see, like, every time one of these ghosts is, like, starting to, to like, to pass on, I guess, there's this really bright surge of light. Usually an electrical light. Like, in this case, it was a street lamp. Um, there were three guys who were killed in a construction accident. And this is where this could have been, like, a horror comedy. Is if they had done, like, a sixth sense where the ghosts still looked like what they looked like when they died. Yes. You know? That's <laughs> like, true. These guys would have just been, like, little puddles, basically. Because, <laughs> no, like, a bunch of steel got dropped on them. And the crane operator thought it was his fault. And, and it Pinkus, was actually, like, a It hydraulic was a hydraulic failure or something. And yes. Pincus had to go tell him that, it, that, that that's what happened and it wasn't his fault. And... Um, there was a guy who was riding, riding a motorcycle. He was, he was a biker guy. And he's like, yeah, my girlfriend won't wear a helmet because of me. And you see him buying her a helmet. And I, I'm sorry. That scene just gets me. It, I don't know why it does, but it just gets me for some reason. Um, and then the, the guy, um, Alan, Alan Ruck, Ruck, his son had a, had a, had a stuffed squirrel that, that, that he took with him everywhere. And then when he died, his son lost the squirrel. So it's like, like the kid had like thought of thought of the squirrel as being him, and it was just ter- terrible that he lost it. Well, they found it, and come to find out, this kid's mom is one of his is that is, talking is the talking woman that he keeps like like oh we, we we missed this, but like there's a scene halfway through the movie where she's just talking and talking and talking, and he takes this like he's like making a. a, a um, an impression of her of her teeth, and he just like shoves that in her mouth, and is like, okay, okay, you just sit there and and stop talking, and I'm gonna go give my ears a rest or something like that. Then he gets distracted and leaves it in for way too long, way too long, and yeah, almost pulls her teeth out. Whatever. Okay, but yeah, finds out that this kid's mom is this patient. It's like, yeah, it's like see what see what you would learn if you just you know be a decent person. But like, also, I watch that and I'm thinking. This woman seems way too cheerful. Like she, you wouldn't even have thought she ever lost her husband with how cheerful she is speaking to him. Oh well, we don't know how 
We don't know how recent true that's that true. was. We don't know how recent any of that was. But this is where it went standard rom com for me. Yeah, it did. It really he, did. He he lost the girl, so now he's like, "Well, hell, I got to change and be a better person if I'm gonna get her back." Mm-hmm. So yes, he's helping the ghost with their unfinished business. But for me, it was just more standard rom com material. I did not tear up. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm a sucker for for <laughs> for certain scenes like this. Um, so he realizes the errors of his ways and goes to to see Gwen at this um, this big opening she's having for this mummy exhibit. You know, they've got the mummy in a glass case. They obviously did not have his dick on display, which would have been hilarious if they had. <laughs> and he, you know, he 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 gives her this heartfelt talk about you know the people that we lose, and, and or, or he says something about how Frank isn't trying to let go of you, you need to let go of Frank right. or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's saying like, you need to grieve, you need to grieve your husband, you need to grieve your, your marriage and, and move on. And talk to me, he has a line where he talks about the mummy and he's like, look at your mummy. Look at all the stuff that they did for him. They even put his penis in a big jar. Why did they do that? And she says, well, you saw that penis. It wouldn't fit in a little jar. And, and I, I felt like penis in this situation, I would have been like, I, it just didn't need to be in a jar. Yeah, that it, was the point. It, it, didn't, it didn't need to preserve it. Didn't it didn't need to be in a jar. No, no. Um, <laughs> I, that, that's one of my favorite lines of the that, whole that movie. That was. I, I cracked up at that. You saw that penis. It wouldn't fit in a little jar. Um, so this conversation continues. Gwen is trying to just like, will you leave me alone? And now the movie has come full circle because he is standing there talking to her. You don't see that he is standing in the street until he gets hit by a bus. And the jacket's floating. And the jacket, his his jacket is floating down. And here and, he comes, and here walking, he comes walking back. And Frank is like, oh, too bad, buddy. Like patting him on the back. I don't know how that works. If they're both ghosts, how do you pat, how does one ghost pat another ghost on the back? But he's like, oh, too bad, buddy. Too, tough break. And... Then Richard shows up. Richard, the uh, the philanthropist, idiot boyfriend, shows up. Of course he knows how to save a life. Of course he knows CPR. He goes up and starts performing CPR on him. And he has this moment where he goes, Oh, Lord, spare this man! (laughs) And, 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 of course, of course, Frank's watching this going, Are you kidding me? He knows CPR. But then he looks at, at Gwen and realizes that she is not crying for him. She's not crying for Frank. She's crying for 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 um, Pincus. Bert- Bertram. Yeah, <laughs> crying for Bertram. And that's when he's like, yeah, I guess I'm done. That's, that's this. And he, and he says, I, I think this is my ride as all these lights are lighting up. And then it cuts to, it doesn't say how long has passed, how much time has passed. Well, no, no. It cut, first it cuts to him waking up in the same hospital that he had his near-death experiences. Kristen so he has Wig, now died twice. He has now died twice. Um, and uh, Kristen Wiig is there, and the lawyer is there, and they're like, yeah, you can't sue us for this one, buddy. Yeah, we're, you, this wasn't our fault. You can't sue us for this one. And, then, and he's just so happy. He's like, okay, that's cool. We, we can do that. And now it cuts to him being back at, at, at uh, which, I mean, for being hit by a bus, he looks really good to have been hit by a bus. <laughs> There's, like, no disfiguration, no scarring, no nothing. And now he's all happy. That's Hollywood. And, that's Hollywood, yeah. He's, now he's all happy and cheerful and being nice to his patients. And he's like, oh, only floss the ones you want to keep and stuff <laughs> like that. And Gwen shows up. 
to check on him. Turns out she didn't go to, and I guess, yeah, you would say this is very much a rom-com trope. She didn't go to Egypt. to Egypt. She stayed, and, you know, he, and then, uh, apparently right before Frank passed on into the, into the afterlife. That's right. He told him he the real told, actual dream. He told Pincus the actual dream he had when he was a kid. So he, Pincus is able to tell Gwen and, um... Through some very cheesy dialogue, is like, yeah, we know they're going to fall in love. Yeah. We know they're going to stay together. So, yes. In conclusion, this movie does get very tropey as far as romantic comedies are concerned. But also, as for me, as far as romantic comedies are concerned, I did like it. I thought it was funny. You know, especially the part with the dog and the whole thing about <laughs> the mummy penis. <laughs> I thought it was funny. It was funny without being your typical... I don't know. It, it was... In a lot of ways, it was a typical rom-com, but in a lot of ways, it wasn't, in my opinion. What about... Not, but, but what about... I want to hear your take on it. No, I'm, you're not wrong. There were a lot of typical rom-com stuff that I didn't like. I liked the ghost aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want an unrated cut that shows the mummy's dick. <laughs> so... When we get that, I'll move it up a little bit. Oh my gosh. Dude. But overall, I actually did enjoy it, especially for a rom-com. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so that was definitely a blind spot for you. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, I'd seen the trailer, I think, once. Like mm-hmm. you, before you saw it, but I never even and thought to go back to it. And it was for me, too, because I don't typically go out of my way to, to see rom-coms. I think I have, like, one or two movies in my collection. This this one, counting this one, maybe three or four movies in my entire collection that I would count as a rom-com. I mean, I have Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which is kind of like an, a romantic action comedy. Right. Um, yes, I agree with that. Big Sick. Have you seen Big Sick? No. Oh, we're going to watch that one. <laughs> you see how real good, like, Judd Apatow uh, rom-com is. That was a really good one. We'll have to talk about that one later. So, that was our blind spot for this week. Not sure what we're going to talk about next week. Josh hasn't told me yet because it's his turn to cheer. It's his, it's his turn to pick. I'm not sure yet either, Adam. Just make it something. I'm, I'm sure you're going to make it something interesting. I know you will. I but got t- plenty of movies up my sleeve. As as do I. As do I. But I still think you have more than me. <laughs> what was it? What was it? Vinegar syndrome. Like I'd never heard of vinegar syndrome before I met you. And like Severin. What? Severin. I have no idea what some of these movies are like. These and then hey, wait. You haven't seen Deathbed yet, have you? I have not. Oh, <laughs> yes. You're going to hate Patton Oswalt by the time we're done with this. You're going to be like, God damn it, Patton Oswalt. Why'd you have to tell Adam about this movie? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, so I guess, yeah, that'll that's a good spot to end on this particular episode. Episode number three of Cinematic Blind Spots. Until next time, I am Adam. And I'm Josh. And be sure to always... Check your blind spots, whether you're in your car or in the theater.